I said he has been good to us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, before you're seated this morning, turn to your neighbor, tell him you're smelling better than I thought you would. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, good to have each of you here in the house of the Lord this morning. We thank God for those that are here we know that many are sick we thank God for those that the Lord is adding um, to us as a family amen it's good to have John and Andrea been with us uh, the last few weeks and uh, we appreciate them being here and it's good to have uh, <coughs> Ray and Danelle is that right Danelle I knew Ray for a couple of couple years now but just met his lovely wife uh, Ray is the premier squirrel dog trainer in the world and uh, he's from Oklahoma is it Clayton okay uh, he's from Oklahoma but he's here working on the gas line and uh, so he's going to be a part of our community for the next few months and uh, we're glad to have him here this morning as well amen <laughs> praise God <clears throat> well uh I want to uh, share with you something that I just have in my spirit today, and uh, I want to go back to Luke chapter 5 on this morning. Luke chapter 5, <clears throat> and we will uh, just go from there today. Last week, we talked about the storm and how that the storms were on the water, and I just got, kind of got this water thing on me. Is that all right? Okay. And so, uh, as you're turning there, it was good to be able to spend some time with our seniors this past week, and we were able to go to Gatlinburg and, and uh, be a part of their uh, time, uh, what was that called, Jubilee, Smoky Mountain Jubilee, and uh, so it was good to be able to spend some time with our seniors, and I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I appreciate uh, that generation, amen? We thank God for that generation and their faithfulness this morning. Amen. Praise God. All three of you. I said, can we thank God for that generation and their faithfulness this morning? Amen. Praise God. All right. That's better. Let's look here at Luke chapter 5 and verse number 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gesaria and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered him and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. <clears throat> Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And then they had done, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both of the boats 
so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a few moments this morning on this subject, uh, just simply deeper, deeper. Father, I pray that you would just bless our time together here today. We thank you for the time that we have to worship you and to lift up your name through song. We know that your word is already anointed, but we pray for the unction today to preach the word of God with power, with clarity, and with authority. I thank you for giving me entrance into men and women's hearts that their lives can be changed today through the power of your spoken word. And for all that is accomplished here on this day, we will give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it's all in the matchless name of Jesus. And amen, amen. This is probably the most famous story of the fishermen that Jesus called. When we know that Jesus called Peter, James, and John, uh, they were fishermen. And when Jesus called them to follow him, he did not remove them from their surroundings. Most of their ministry that they will do Uh, throughout their life was surrounded or around the water. Jesus knew how to talk or to relate to them through what they had done for a living. If he was talking to a farmer, he would talk to them about sowing seed. If he was talking to the fishermen, he would talk to them about the water. He would talk to them about the fish. God knows how to get our attention no matter where we are In our lives. Can you say amen? More times than not, God does not want to pull us out of what we are doing. He just wants to give purpose to what we're already doing. He doesn't tell them to quit fishing. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus begins to show these men his heart and his desire through what they perceive to be their failure. We have have to talk about failure today because the reality of it is, is no matter who you are, no matter how educated you are, no matter what lineage that you have come from, no matter how much you practice, no matter what your upbringing has been, I don't know if you play ball, but every time you go to the plate, you're not going to hit a home run. Every time you shoot the ball, you're not going to get two points, right? Sometimes in our life, at some point in our life, we will all experience failure. You will not fail. You will fail at some point. You, you might, it might be in your spiritual walk. It might be a failed marriage. It might be failing as a parent. It may be failing as a co-worker, but you're going to find in your life that there will be failure at some point in our life because it is a part of the human life is there's a time and seasons of failure. 
Amen. I haven't come to be a Debbie Downer today. I haven't come to, to, to give you bad news that would put you into depression. But I want us to be real that, that we all have seasons in our life. We all have times in our life. We, there are some things that we do all that we know how to do. And yet we end up in a state of failure. We find ourselves like Peter coming from the fishing trip. Amen. They're, they're experts. They've been out there all night and, and yet they don't catch nothing. There's nothing like, like causing the ego of a fisherman to be destroyed than to come home with no fish. Come on. Going out and trying to fish and doing all that you know how to do, using your best bait, using your best techniques and, and coming home with no fish. This is the story of Peter and his crew. They had fished all night long and they came home with nothing. Nothing to show for being up all night. Nothing to show for all of their labor. Have you ever been there when you gave your best and you had nothing to show for it? Amen. It's not, not a for fun vacation fishing trip that Peter is on, but this is for his livelihood. This is to pay his bills. This is to put food on his table. This fishing is to support his family and, and they come home with nothing. Amen. You think that, that, that whenever these, these expert fishermen go out to do fishing uh, excursions that they would know exactly what to do. They would know where to throw their nets. They would know where the fish are hanging out. They, they would know by this time after all of these years and their expertise that, that surely they would not come home with nothing. Amen. But you see, this is not the case. They've done everything they know to do. They've done it the best that they know how to do it. And they come home with nothing. They, they come home with failure. God knows how to deal with failure in our lives. He knows what to do when we go through a season of failure. And one thing that God wants to drive home to us is this, is that failure is not final. The only way that failure can be final is if we quit in the midst of the season of our failure. Because we have not been created or called to failure, but we have called, been called to success. He told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And he said, I've got a destiny and I've got a purpose for you. I've got a plan for your life, right? And, it, and we, we see today that, that we go through seasons of failure, but failure is not final. Your past failure does not have to define your future. Amen. Whatever you failed in, amen, whether it be a moral failure, whether it be a financial failure, whether it be a job failure or a marriage failure or even a spiritual failure, whatever your failure has been in does not have to define your future. You may have failed, but you're not a failure. What you have been through does not define who you are. 
Amen. Peter comes in dealing with this moment of failure and starts washing his nets. When Peter gets out of the boat, the Bible says that when Peter gets out of the boat, Jesus gets into the boat. Huh? Said when Peter got out of his boat, said I, I'm failed and starts washing his nets. It was then that Jesus got into the boat. I want to submit to you this morning that there are times when you feel that you're a failure and then all and you go through all that you've gone through and now you have left the boat you've got out of the boat and you start washing your nets if you will and you accept the failure in your life but what but what we have to decide is is we are we going to abandon what God has called us to because you see oftentimes what we decide is a failure and we abandon is the very thing that God is about to get into oh come on somebody you aren't going to help me up in this Presbyterian church today but I won't preach amen what we abandon and we say it's no is not the problem preachers can be but most of the time they're not the problem most of the time we decide that God is finished with something when really God is just about to start a thing amen and so Peter gets out of the boat amen and starts washing his nets and Jesus is going to show Peter the boat is not the problem Amen. Jesus gets into the boat and all the fish or all of the people, the multitude start coming to him. Amen. You see, the problem today is not the 21st century church. The reason most churches can't get fish, can't get people to come is because Jesus is not in the boat. But whenever Peter got out of the boat, Jesus got into the boat. And the problem that Peter had, not being able, are you walking with me? He wasn't able to get the fish to come. He wasn't able to get the nets around the fish. Amen. And there's a lot of people that can't get the net around the fish, can't get the net around the harvest. And we want to blame the church. But the boat is not the problem. The problem is we're trying to catch fish without Jesus in the boat but I want to tell you today when you get Jesus in the boat when the Lord of the church is in the church when his presence is here it won't be a problem catching fish they will be drawn to the spirit they will be drawn to the anointing he said if I the son of man be lifted up I will draw all men unto me glory to God we need to have Jesus in the boat if you believe it give him a praise today people have been blaming the church for not being able to attract fish 
Amen. But the real reason people aren't coming is Jesus is not in the boat. Amen. Jesus is not in the boat. We have learned how to have church without Jesus. Oh, yes. We've learned how to do it. We've got technical. We've got educated. None of that's wrong. But you, 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 all of your technical, all of your education has to be anointed. Amen. And if there is no anointing, if there is no Jesus, then men are not going to be drawn. It's just going to be like another show. It's just going to be like another place. But the thing that causes it to be different, it's not that we have better singing, it's that we have anointed singing. It's not that we have better talks or better people talking. It's that the, the talk of the preaching is anointed. And the anointing makes the difference. The anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing destroys the yoke off of a person's heart, their mind, and their soul. And they come to a knowledge that this is not just a normal, average gathering, but there is a presence here. Amen. There is something on these people. It, it came upon the children of Israel. And Moses said, if your presence don't go with us, we're not going to go anywhere. I want to tell you, we need to learn what Moses understood. That if Jesus isn't in the boat, if it's not anointed, we don't do it. We would rather stay right where we are and have his presence than have the promised land. Amen. You see, when Jesus got into the boat, people started coming from the city. They came from the country. They came from over the mountains. The multitudes came and were drawn when Jesus got into the boat. They were drawn to him. I'm tired of hearing people talking about how bad the church is. The church isn't the problem. The boat isn't the problem. Right? Well, you know, pastor, there's this, there's that. Listen, it don't take anybody to be a critic. You don't even have to be smart to be a critic. Huh? You don't have to be smart to find failure and mistakes, but, but you have to be somebody uh, that has wisdom, has an anointing on your life to find an answer to what is wrong. And so instead of trying to find the perfect church, why don't you try to fix the church? You found the problem, fix the problem. Come on, let's hold hands and sing kumbaya. Amen. Instead of being critical, why don't you pray God give us wisdom to fix the problem? Because the problem isn't the church. Yes, we're flawed humanity. Yes, we're going to make mistakes, but the reality of it is, is that people are doing jobs that are serving in the kingdom of God. Most of them have never been educated. Most of them does not have experience or expertise in that. Why are they doing it? Because they have a heart for God. They have a heart for his kingdom. And they said, yes, I'll do my very best to advance the kingdom. I'll serve the kingdom of God. And out of that desire, they may be they may have mistakes we may even make mistakes but thank God somebody is in the boat trying to fix the boat so the boat can grant a greater harvest hallelujah amen 
So don't tell me the problem if you don't have a solution. Amen. I'm preaching better than you letting on today. Amen. The problem is we're trying to fish and Jesus is not in the boat. Amen. We get married without Jesus in the boat. We change jobs without Jesus being in the boat. We, get, we got to get Jesus in the boat of our lives. Amen. If Jesus is in the boat, we won't have a problem catching fish. Amen. Jesus is getting ready to preach a general revelation to a multitude. And then he's going to give deeper revelation to someone who is willing to let him get on their boat. Are you with me? So he speaks a general revelation to the multitude. But those who will let him on their boat and have a personal relationship with him, he will speak the deep things. He will, he will whisper to them. Many uh, hear the word of the Lord, but few are those who hear the whisper of God. I want to be able to hear the whisper of God. Many here are satisfied with general teaching, but there are some that are hungry for a deeper revelation of who he is. I want to challenge you that in this season, amen, that it is not to be satisfied with being one who is sitting on the hillside hearing Jesus teach from a distance, but it, a purpose in your heart to be say, God, I'm going to invite Jesus personally onto my boat, into my life, so that I can hear the whispers of his teaching. When Jesus got finished teaching, he tells Peter, to launch out into the deep. This is a man who has just finished a season of failure. And Jesus tells him to launch out into the deep. We perceive it as failure. But what if it was not failure at all? What if it was favor? What we know is this from this text. Peter oftentimes would fish in the shallow part of the lake. There is a predictable kind and size of fish that will be, that will be harvested in the shallow place. There is a predictable harvest in the shallow end of the lake. When Jesus is on the boat with Peter, he tells him to launch out into the deep place. Jesus is showing us that it might not have been failure. It might have been his favor that Peter caught no fish. Had Peter caught fish in the shallow end of the, the lake, he would, have been, he would have caught smaller fish, he would have caught less quantity of fish, and he would have been satisfied with, with a, a harvest that was not exactly what God wanted him to have. But the fact that he caught nothing 
The fact that he, this previous season, he, caught, he caused him to push back to the shore. Have you ever been there? When you've done all that you knew to do, when you tried the best that you knew how to do, and you came up with nothing, and you, and you pushed back to the place you just came from and said it must not have been God. Jesus is saying, it's not that you are a failure, Peter. I just loved you too much to allow you to accept an inferior harvest, to let you accept a few fish in your net and accept that as your harvest. Maybe God is letting him fail because he had something bigger in store for Peter and he did not want him to be satisfied with an inferior harvest, believing all of his life that this is all I can ever have in my life maybe he's just setting him up to show him his favor upon his life can anyone say I've had a perceived failure I didn't have any fish in my net but in spite of doing all that I knew to do nothing was happening no doors were opening it felt like that I should just quit and give up but your perception of failure was God's favor and his love upon your life to keep you from settling for an inferior harvest he loves you so much that he allowed you not to succeed in the shallow end of the lake can anyone today praise him that he never allowed you to succeed in the shallow end? That he never allowed you to settle for an inferior harvest? That he, he didn't allow you to settle for less than what he had for you? Hallelujah. Jesus told Peter, launch out into the deep. Now in this text, in verse number three, if we, if we can, they can help me with that. In verse number three, if you could put it up there, I want to show you something today. Or if you have your Bibles, you can look at it. But in verse number three, he tells Peter there, he says, put out a little. You see that? Put out a little. And then in verse number four, he says, launch out. Amen. You see that? Verse three, put out a little. Verse four, launch out. The put out a little and the launch out are the same Greek word that is used. The same command is given in verse three. That is given in verse 4. Put out a little. Verse 3. Verse 4. He said launch out. Now. What are you trying to say? Here's the big idea. He gives him the same command in verse 3. That he gives him in verse 4. The big idea is this, God, what God is telling Peter to do is what Peter has already done. He just wants him to do it in a deeper place. I'm going to say that again. What Peter, 
what God told Peter to do. He didn't tell Peter, change the way you're doing things. He didn't tell Peter, you need to change strategies. He told Peter to do the same thing you did in the shallow, do it in a different place. Do it in a deeper place. Amen. God didn't change the command. He just invited Peter to go to a place he had never been before. (laughs) Glory to God. I'm not talking about doing something that you've never done. I'm talking about doing something where you've never been. Amen. Let me say it this way. In other words, do the same thing you've been doing. Pray like you've been praying. Worship like you've been worshiping. Give like you've been giving. Only this time, don't stop where you normally stop. Go deeper. Do it in a deeper place. Amen. You don't need something new. You just need to do what you've been doing. But don't stop where you have been stopping. Launch out into the deep. Amen. The deep destination. You see, the deep is not something you do. Deep is somewhere you are. It's deep is a destination. Some people equate deep to to something you don't understand. I know there's some some preachers they and, and people they they you know are real profound and and uh, you ask them they say wow that was that was awesome what they say oh I, I don't know what they said <laughs> that was deep no no that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about. Leave doing the same thing you have been doing in your life, praying, worshiping, giving, serving in the kingdom, but do it in a deeper place. Because the the lack of harvest, the lack of return in your life is not what you've been doing. It is that you've been doing it in the shallow. You have been doing it in a place of limitation. But now we have to go out into the deep, amen. You see, I'm telling you this because I believe it's the word of the Lord that it is time for us to launch out from where we have been into a deeper realm of his spirit. Amen. You see, we, 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 we are, we, 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 we're satisfied with where we are. How do you know where deep is? How do you know where deep is? There's no buoy that says deep. There isn't no sign that says deep. So how do you know when you're in the deep? Anybody want to know? Okay, for you three, I'm going to tell you. You know you're in the deep when you can't see the bottom no more. (laughs) Isn't that profound? You're in the deep when you can't see the bottom anymore. When you look overboard and you can't see the ground. Because you see, as long as we're in the shallow place, we can see the bottom. We we say if we don't like the way this boat is going, we'll jump out and walk to shore. Come on, somebody. 
but God is wanting us to get to a place where that we are insecure within ourselves and all of our trust and confidence is in the Lordship of Jesus Christ where that we understand that we're in this boat for the final we're in this boat to the end we're not jumping and bailing but we're going to stay right here because we can't see bottom and we've come too far to swim back and our trust and our confidence is in the Lordship of Jesus Christ and we're going to stay on this boat and launch out into the deep amen deep is a place it's not an experience it's not because it's not because that it's off limits that we have not been there but rather that we have been unwilling to go let me just give you an example let me give you an example of our worship we we are willing to do what other people do sometimes but we are not willing to go beyond what other people are doing because somebody may talk about our worship amen we would rather have the applause of men than the applause of heaven We would rather satisfy the expectations of people and settle for the expectations of people than to hear heaven applauding over our worship. Amen. How long will we keep singing lies? What do you mean, Pastor? How long will we keep singing, I lift my hands to your name while our arms are folded? Quiet up in this church. You see, the reason that the words say, lift your hands, clap your hands, dance. Whatever it is, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. The reason that it does is because we're supposed to be participatory. That's my word. (laughs) In other words, we're to participate in the worship. Because why do we participate in the service? Because any teacher can tell you that you learn more when you participate. Come on, any teachers help me today? You learn more when you participate. So they get lessons so that they get the pupils involved in the lesson. So that they're working and doing in the lesson because it stays with you. You participate, you learn more. And so how long will we continue to sing lies whenever we say he's an awesome God? And while we're saying he's an awesome God, we're looking at Facebook. If he's a faithful God, if he's an awesome God, if he is our healer, if he is our deliverer, if he's a God that can do anything, then he de- deserves our undivided attention. 
He deserves us, amen, to clap our hands, to lift our hands, to open our mouth and give him praise. Amen. Why? Because he is faithful. And so I determined, God, I'll not sit here and just sing about lifting my hands, but I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm not just going to sing about shouting, but I'll open my mouth and give you the praise of the day because you're worthy of my worship. You're worthy of my praise and you will be glorified by the fruit of my lips. Deep people are not just people who know something. Deep people are people who are assigned to a place. And I can't get to the place as long as my carnal mind is dictating my actions. Huh? There's a reason that I lift my hands when the song says lift your hands. It's because my spirit is commanding my body to respond to the word. Do I always feel like it? No. Do I always, does my body always feel like doing it? No. But is he always worthy? Yes. He's always worthy of my praise. Do you say, well, pastor, do we always have to be loud? Do we always have to shout? Do we always have to rejoice? No, we get to. Amen. You say, oh, does it take all of that? Do you always have to do that? No, no, you don't have to do that. You can go down to the graveyard and sit with them. But there is a place, there is a people that is hungry for the presence of God. And we are saying we must go deeper. We must have his power. He must be in the house. His experience must change our lives. I praise God, I'm not shouting just to be shouting. I'm shouting to go to the deep place. I'm shouting to go to the place where the wicked one can touch you not I want to go to the place where the cancer dies in the name of Jesus where the addictions fall off of people's lives and are set free a place of promise a place of the redeemed because we know there is a reality that in his presence there is a place of fullness of joy and life forevermore So you should thank God today that you didn't catch anything in the shallow place. Amen. You should thank God today. Amen. For what perceived as failure did not come up in your life as an accomplishment because you would have been satisfied all of your life with a with a a harvest that was inferior. But never knowing the blessing of going into the deep place, never knowing the goodness of God in the deep place. I'm telling you today, he's calling you to the deep of his spirit. When you get into the deep place of God, when he asks you for a thing, you don't, you don't back up. When you get into knowing the deepness of God, into the deep place of God, and he asks you to, to give up things or to let things go or, or to, to, to shift things in your life, you don't, you, don't, you don't bargain with him. You just say yes. Why do you say yes? Because when you know his goodness... When you know his love, when you know his power, when you know his presence, all the other things are insignificant. 
I thought I'd get a couple of witnesses in here today. Amen. When you, when, you, when you know how good God has been, when you have experienced his power and his grace in your life, then everything else pales in comparison. I would rather have a millisecond in the presence of God than to have anything I've ever experienced in this world. Why? Because a millisecond in his presence can change everything in my life. Amen. see, whenever you go to the deep place of God, you find yourself in a place where that you've never been before. You, you, you find yourself in the blessing, the provision. You may, you may find yourself in a place where that you have a bigger budget than you've ever dealt with before. You, you're dealing with more people than you've ever dealt with before. You're, you, 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 you don't know how to to. to, to, to deal with or handle these situations in your life because it's much more than you've ever experienced before but that's the great thing about being in the deep place you don't have to depend upon yourself you're in the place of his presence and his spirit he will give you wisdom he will give you knowledge he will give you understanding for you to to fulfill what he has called you to but before you jump in the boat and you decide that, that this is for you, I need to tell you that, that, that when you get into the deep place, it, it may cause you to have to have a new circle of friends. Because there's a whole lot of people that can play in the mud puddle. Huh? There's even some that will hang with you when you need deep. But whenever you decide you're going to launch out into the deep, it's a whole different ball game, baby. Some, you, 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 you know, I've, I've had people say, well, I don't want to lose my friends. I don't want friends to, 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 I don't want to have to tell people that I can't be a part. You won't have to tell nobody. Whenever you purpose in your heart, I'm launching out into the deep, that people, people that you, you thought were your friends will not be able to go where you're going, will disconnect themselves from your boat. Amen. Why? It's not that they're bad people. It's just that they chose to stay in the shallow. Amen. Jesus tells Peter, cast your nets. Now, I know there's a lot of discussion over this because in your text, in the Bible, it, it says that Jesus told Peter to cast your nets, plural. And Peter cast his net, singular. Did you catch that? Cast your nets, Peter, for a great harvest. Peter cast his net. Jesus desired a plural blessing, but it was met with Peter's limited faith. Right? So you say, what does it matter? Why, why you know, why, why are you get so caught up over this? Why do, you, why do you try to debate and split hairs? What does it matter, pastor, if it's nets or net? Nothing, nothing at all until 
It's harvest time. And then at harvest time, your one net expectation will not hurt you until it is harvest time. And when it's harvest time, you will have wished that you obeyed the master completely and cast your nets into the water for the harvest. Amen. Because you see, at harvest time is when the abundance comes in. It is, that, it is not that season of failure, but Peter's failure, even though he chose to go with God, even though he chose to go with Jesus and got on the ship and obeyed him in going out into the deep, his past season of failure still determined what his present perception of success was. And while Jesus had nets in mind, Peter could only believe for a net to be full. So what did Peter get? He got exactly what he believed for. Huh? He believed for a net harvest whenever Jesus was wanting to give him a plural harvest. So I want to say to you today, don't allow your past failure to dictate your present situation of what God is wanting to do. Why? Because he's wanting to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. I said he's wanting to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that you're able to ask or even think. Come on amen but I'm telling you today that he needs some folks today that are not just willing to say yes my perceived failure I realize is favor not just to say I'll launch out into the deep but we must obey the voice of the master and say it is harvest time and yes I may have failed in another season but this is my due season and I'm going to obey him completely and I'm going to cast the nets into the water and I'm going to bring forth a harvest in my life. Amen. See, because the harvest was not just about Peter. It was about others. Amen. Let me say to you today that the harvest is not just about you. The season that we're in is not just about us. It's about others. The nets will work when we are able to network. I'm going to say that again. The nets will work whenever we are able to network. When we are able to network together, we can bring in a greater harvest. Huh? Individually, I'm able to, to, to see a harvest. But when Renee and I connect our nets together, when we network, we're able to bring in a greater harvest. Huh? And I want to tell you today that God is not inter interested in singular. He's, he's, he's tired of the show. 
He's tired of the parades of flesh. He's tired of, uh, of, of, of big show preachers and big show uh, workers that are doing their own thing and, and all the limelight is on them. No, no, that's not what the kingdom is about. It's all about Jesus. Amen. And he's the one to give the glory. He's the one to give the praise. But I want to tell you that he is wanting us to launch out into the deep and to network. The Bible said even though that he only halfway listened or obeyed Jesus, that he cast his net and the net was so full, amen, that he had to encourage his friends to come on over here and help me with the harvest. Glory to God. Help me with the harvest. I've got an abundance of fish. It exceeded my expectations. And I did not even obey fully what Jesus told me to do. But I want to tell you what he's got for us today. If we would learn how to network. If I would join my prayers with Pastor Dan's prayers. And I would network. And I would join my prayers. Amen. With Brother Joe's prayers. And we would network. And we would get our nets together. And we would begin to pull the nets together. We'll gain a greater harvest than we ever will by ourselves. And we'll see the kingdom of God advance for his glory glory and his honor amen you see we we sometimes get caught up on who who gets the who gets the catch it doesn't matter to me who gets the catch as long as the nets are full as long as the harvest is coming in amen when we network together we can accomplish more. When we network together, it causes us to be able to get the whole harvest that God has intended for us. Amen? When it's harvest time, we will have wished that we put out all of our nets. Amen? I've come to tell someone today the season of preconceived or pre perceived failure is over. And it's time to launch out further. Go deeper. Don't stop where you normally stop. Don't quit where you normally quit. Push out a little further, Peter. Don't have to quit doing what you do. Not a new idea, not a new plan. I know it looked like you didn't get nothing the last time, Peter. But it was not your failure. It was my favor to get you to go further so you could get everything I desired for your life to be. Amen? Amen? And all we have to do is go deeper. Deeper in our prayers, deeper in our worship. Deeper in our giving of ourselves, our time, our talents, our treasures. Giving it all to him. Saying no matter what it looks like, no matter the expectations of people. I've determined in my heart that I'm going to go deeper. And follow him wholeheartedly. And believe him for a wholehearted harvest. Amen. 
Stand with me today, please.